What's going on, everybody? Welcome to another edition of the Crazy Face Uno podcast, where everyone has a story and everyone's story matters. What's your story? If you'd like to support the show and help us tell more stories like the one you're about to hear, please visit crazyfaceuno.com today. There, you can purchase items from our online store or donate. As always, I'm your host, Shane McNeely, and boy, are you in for a treat today. It is my honor and privilege to introduce our guest today, Litian Andrade. Welcome to the show. Hi, everyone. And I think I got your name right. You did. Yes. I think that was the best one. Practice I know. went well. I know, I know. I was asking it. Most people on the that have been listening know that I uh, I try to ask before we get going, and if I don't, I'm always like, "Did I get it right? Did I get it right?" So, Lithium. we got it right this time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm I'm very grateful. Um, welcome. I'm so happy to have you on the show. We uh, we had a little mix up yesterday. I forgot you're on the West Coast, and I'm on the East Coast, and had some timing conflicts, but we made it work. Yes, we did. Um, I am excited. Um, thank you for inviting me. When I got the message, I was like, absolutely, I'll do this. Sweet, sweet. And you were telling me before we got going, I mean, first off, why don't you fill us in on kind of what you're up to, but I know that you did just get a promotion and you're going to be starting that soon. So congratulations. And I'm excited thank to hear you. exactly what all you're up to. Yeah, absolutely. So um, I did recently receive a promotion. So I work for a California um, health club. So I work for In Shape, cool. which is um, a gym out here in California. And I start that new position tomorrow. So I'm super stoked on it. Yeah, that's awesome. That's awesome. That's always, you know, everybody, whenever you get a promotion, it's like, it feels so good, right? It does. It felt really good. And I, when I started, so a little bit of backstory, I used to work for 24 hour fitness and I was there for, um, I would say close to seven years before I made the transition and uh, started working for InShape. Mm -hmm. When I got my promotion to be a general manager with InShape, I told my boss, you know, my goal is, you know, to work extremely hard, prove myself, show you what I got. I want to get to a point where I'm being asked, Hey, there's an open position. You're applying, right? Yeah. I don't want it to be, I want to get to a point where people know that I'm going to follow through Mm -hmm. on where I put my name and what I do. And it's, I finally was able to get to that point. So it felt, you know, it, it feels good to be able to take on this new role. So I'm super excited. Absolutely. That's awesome. Congratulations. And, you know, it's like you set out for this goal and you had this thing in mind and it's like validation. It's uh, it's coming coming to fruition. What all do you do for In Shape, the, the health club? Um, so I'm a general manager. Um, cool. So I pretty much oversee um, a club. So um, I was for the last year and a half at one of our clubs here in Bakersfield, the River Lakes location. And I'll be um, now commuting for a little bit until I move out to Visalia. So it's a bigger location. Um, As a general manager, you pretty much, I oversee the whole club. So uh, the experience for our members and our team members, you know, cleanliness, Mm -hmm. uh, memberships, personal training, operational, you name it, everything that, 
happens pretty much within a business I oversee, um, including the the development of our team members. So um, it's a lot of, you know, there you have your routine, sure. but you never know what's going to happen in your day. So right. um, every day is something new and something different. And I absolutely love that I'm able, I'm, as you know, a big people person. We yeah. both are. Yep. yep. <laughs> and so yep. I absolutely love that I have the opportunity to work with people every single day. Yeah, absolutely. And I, I'm, echo that yep people person and uh i love the the routine but i like to make it different every time you know like there's it's yeah. nice to have like an idea of what you're going into and what the day is kind of gonna kind of gonna look like but knowing that it's like mixes things up like things get mixed up a little bit every day is always nice yeah you never know what you're gonna get like i walk in with the plan and i'm like today you know i have <laughs> all of this that I'm going to do, like, I'm so caught up, like, I knocked everything out, so today it's going to be a breeze, and yeah. then everything just completely just kidding. takes a turn, <laughs> and it's like, cool, well, I guess I'm not doing any of that today. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's, uh, hey, it keeps you on your toes, right? Exactly. Did I see recently uh, you guys did, like, a fundraiser or some sort of, uh, um, like, a benefit for something, or... A fundraiser of some sort? Yes, you did. Um, so every October, we have um, what we call the I Can Fight Cancer campaign. Mm. Um, and this started five years ago as an extremely small campaign um, to help support one of, I believe it was a team member. I may be wrong on that. Um, but it started extremely small. Um, and then just year after year, um, the company kind of expanded it and really took ownership over this. And I love the campaign. So yeah. um, what I love about InShape specifically is that it is a people first company, both mm. members and team members. And that just resonates with me um, because what is there a better reason to work for than for people yeah. in my opinion? Absolutely. Um, and so I absolutely love that, you know, we really take this on every October and, our members and our team members wait all year long for mm -hmm. October. It's like the best month of the year for us. And we fundraise in different ways. Um, we do um, the main source of, of donations is what we call kettlebell donations. Sure. So we have paper kettlebells where kind of like when you go to a grocery store, you can when you make a donation, you can write your name or a family member's name yeah. on there. Same concept. So it says I fight for and then you can write whatever reason you fight for, yeah. whether it's a peer, um, a family member, whatever your reason is for donating, you write that on there. Um, so we run this throughout the entire company. Um, we do donation boot camp classes or group fitness classes. So it's a whole initiative around the entire club and community. Um, we sponsor a, comp uh, a couple of the breast cancer, or sorry, it's called Making Strides Against Breast Cancer. Sure. And they have different walks throughout California, and we're the main sponsor for about two or three of those walks. Um, and so throughout the last five years, we have raised half a million dollars, which is amazing. And that money goes towards the American Cancer Society and the nice. St. Jude's Children's Hospital. So the entire amount that is raised goes directly to those causes. Well, that is awesome. I, I really appreciate that. And I love that my family's been 
you know, hit by the cancer uh, bug or whatever you want to say, I yeah. guess, uh, you know, my mom, my dad, my grandfather and many other people in my family. And so, you know, it's a, uh, it's something that not many people don't know someone that has been affected by cancer. And so, um, it's awesome to see, you know, people like you and your community and, and your gym kind of come together and rally and, and, uh, put together, you know, a campaign and something to fight against cancer. That's awesome. Yeah. And, you know, that's, I agree. Um, and, you know, I'm, I'm sorry to hear that it, you know, it's hit your family so hard and it, it does affect us all. I've, you know, known people growing up that fought cancer, mm-hmm. but it never really hit close to home. And so the last couple of years, you know, I had um, an uncle and a couple of different family yeah. members, you know, luckily everyone survived. Um, but even in the last year, my grandpa is coming up on his one year anniversary mm. of being diagnosed and luckily you know his was very early very early on so we were very fortunate but you know it it, once it starts hitting closer to home it kind of I mean it makes it more real for you yeah it opens your eyes a little bit yeah yeah so um that's why you know we I like that we chose this cause because it does help every single person in our community and we've Mm -hmm. all been affected by it. So, um, it's nice to see our community come together and really rally for it. Absolutely. That's so cool. That's awesome. I, I didn't mention it in the beginning, but, uh, Lithian, you and I, we both worked at Invisible Children and, uh, that's kind of how we, we know each other and how we have been, uh, in connection with each other over the years, I suppose. Um, what, what did you, what, what part did you work? Did you go on the road? I did. So my first semester, I was a roadie. Okay. Um, so I don't know. Have you talked about this on your show? Like, do people know the term roadie? Uh, no, I probably nope. have avoided roadie. <laughs> I just said, like, we travel around and, you know, like, okay. share the story. But uh, I mean, I'm sure I've said it. Let's be honest. Right. Like, it's hard. It's okay. like ingrained within our brains. So <laughs> you probably said it without even knowing. <laughs> yeah, probably. Probably. I try to explain things, but go ahead and explain what a roadie is. What what year was that? What was your first year? 2009. Fall 2009. 2009. Okay. So, so I, I came in right. My I came in a year after you. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. You guys, we were like transitioning. I think you were, were you in the office whenever I came in? I was. Yeah. Yes, I was. That's right. I was trying to think. I knew we crossed paths or like overlapped at some point in time, but I couldn't remember exactly the time frame and the when and where's and what's and you know. So. Yeah. No. I mean, it was a crazy time. We were. <laughs> I mean, let's be Always. honest. We were a little sleep deprived. So Always. Yep. <laughs> it was hard to know what month yeah. or year we were in. <laughs> <laughs> or day or hour. I mean. Yeah, it's fine. It's fine. We survived. It's totally okay. <laughs> yeah. 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 We're here. We're better people for it, right? Exactly. I agree. Uh, Yeah, no, I was there in 2009. I went on the road my first semester. Um, I was Team Texas, so we traveled the entire Mm, state. Um, And so, yeah, um, like I'm sure you've mentioned, we, you know, we're raising awareness, sharing our documentary, Mm -hmm. um, and really getting people involved. Um, My year was or I should say my semester was when we were working to pass the the LRA disarmament bill so that was our main focus was the legislation portion with schools for schools so we kind of had two two top priorities during our tour um the following semester I stayed in the office as a um 
a booking intern. Yeah. And then um, the following summer and semester, I was Talitha's booking assistant. Gotcha. So pretty much what that yeah. means is um, I, I helped book the presentations for the teams that were going on the road those semesters. Yeah. So I was there a year and a half, and then that's when I came back home. Yeah. Yeah, and you, uh, so we, we would go, you helped with the bookings, like you said, and it was at, you know, places of worship, high schools, colleges, all across the country. Um, it was no small task. And I'm always impressed yeah. when I look at that of like how, like how impressive it was that we always booked like the way, I don't know the way how we did. we did it. I don't know either. Because, like it's really impressive. I mean, <laughs> we, like when I look back on it, like it didn't seem like a big deal at the time, but I'm all, when I tell people about it, I'm like, oh yeah, you know, I was just calling like yeah. high schools or like churches. Yeah. I was calling like the dean of university. They're yeah. of, like, you know, New York. Yeah. Florida, California, I didn't care. No. I would just find people and just, but that, that just goes to show how much we actually believed in mm. and cared for what we did. And yeah. that's the way I see it. When you truly believe in what you're doing and when you really come from a place of caring, then it's a no brainer because it never crossed my mind that what I was doing was out of the ordinary yeah. or would come off as you know, people were like, oh, you're so brave for, for doing that. And I didn't see it as brave. I just saw it as something I had to do. This is our job. Uh, yeah, this is what we do. Yeah, it's just like, no, you just you just pick up the phone and you do it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it, I mean, it it was rough some days, but it's what you did. It's exactly <laughs> yeah, right. It was. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. And no, I, I mean, even with like booking the podcast, you know, it's it's similar in some ways where I'm like, I just reach out to people. I'm like, all right, well, I'm going to do, you know, I'm going to reach out to this many people this week and see what comes back. And, you know, like generally I've got a good response rate, but you just never know, you know, and you never know, you never know. But, and, in life it's crazy. Like some days it's, and I know we had this at invisible children as well. It's like some days you like reach out and you're like, man, nobody got me, got back to me. And then like two weeks later, like all of the, that work you put in that one day, like all comes back, you know, full, exactly. like, full swing. So it's a, uh, it's a doggy dog world out there. <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, Litian, as we, you know, kind of touched on current day and, and, uh, you know, how we know each other, let's take it back a little ways here. Uh, let's go back to childhood and how would you describe your childhood? What was, what was your childhood like? Um, you know, I love that you asked that because I've spent a lot of time reflecting on that recently. Um, and I would describe it as beautiful. Um, and not to say that yeah. I did not have hardships. I definitely did. So um, I'm, I've am i come to a place where I like sharing my story with people who ask because it shows that, you know, no, no walk of life is perfect. Mm. Um, and so I definitely grew up with, and I feel lucky for this, a family who absolutely just loves each other and yeah. me and and I feel very fortunate and benef- uh, you know, blessed to have had that. But, you know, my parents divorced at an early age. Mm-hmm. Um, my dad, you know, left my mom and remarried. I have a half-brother and sister. Um, How old were and you? I was two or three when that happened. So it's okay. fairly yeah. young. So for me, I just grew up that way. So it never yeah. really 
that was just my life, right? Yeah. So didn't, didn't know any different. Really, yeah. Exactly. Didn't know any different. Did he get uh, remarried like around that same age or was it were you a little older when that happened? Oh no, it was right away. Cool. Yeah. So for me that was just normal. That's just the way yeah. my family was set up. Um, and so I, you know, I, I had that, of course, and it wasn't easy. Like, I remember being at a young age and telling my mom, like, oh, when you and my dad get back together, and she'd be like, no, yeah. that's not really going to happen. But, you know, I couldn't understand that because, yeah. you know, for me, I'm like, no, you guys are my parents and parents are supposed to be together. So you guys are going to end up getting back together. Yeah. Obviously, that's not the way things work. Right. Um, well, and I'm sure you heard people at school or, you know, like when you were younger talk yeah. about the mom and dad and like different things like that. And it just kind of compounds and, and complicates things even more. Yeah. And but, you know, it was honestly it wasn't, you know, once she kind of explained to me, it kind of all made sense. And that's something that I really admire about my mom is, mm. you know, of course, she did her job to protect me as a child. Yeah. But she also never really like hid things from me you know she put it into terms that I would understand and I really appreciate that because you know I was never in a state of I guess denial or not knowing what was really happening or going to happen Mm -hmm. um so that's awesome um but you know to be honest uh my dad was a part of my life he was in the picture I grew up you know, going to, to birthday parties or holidays with that side of the family as well. But my mom really is the one who raised me. My, Mm. you know, my dad was in the picture, but really my mom was my parent. Um, and you know, there were times where, you know, he would not show up to pick me up on a day where he was supposed to and whatnot. And so I share that just to, when I speak about like, how lucky I was to have a family like I mentioned it doesn't come without areas that were not hard or Definitely. you know yeah that I've had to work moments through of break. struggle yeah exactly um but the reason I was reflecting on this recently is my great-grandmother just passed away about two weeks ago mm, I'm so sorry and um, thank you. It it was really hard. I mean, she, she was my great grandma. I feel lucky that I had her for I'm turning 31 next month. So I'm very lucky to have had her as long as I did. She was 95. But she really created a beautiful family for me. And I thank her for that so much. Um, you know, she married in Mexico. Mm -hmm. and had three girls one of them being my grandma Uh her husband passed away at a young age she came to the u.s by herself um a few years later she remarried and then brought her girls to the u.s um and after she had you know three kids with her second husband he passed away a few years later and so she really raised this family pretty much on her own yeah Um, what a brave woman no, seriously, like yeah. she talk about brave. She came to a country by herself, yeah, um, not knowing the language. Mm-hmm. I mean, I can't even. I I don't know. That's yeah. what I call brave. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> um, Me too. That's crazy. That's awesome. But when when we talk about childhood, what I remember is you know being at her house, um, you know family dinners, birthday parties, or you know when my mom was working, I was at 
um, we call her Lita, which is short for Abuelita. Okay. Um, I was always at my Lita's house with my cousins playing. Like, that's what I remember. Those are my best childhood memories. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, is there one, is there a memory that sticks out the most? There is. So my cousin Matthew and I, he's um, about two years older than I am. Um, we would play mud monsters at our house. So <laughs> we would take our cups of water and we would make mud in the backyard and just put it all over our faces and our arms. And um, her backyard wrapped around to the front. Sure. Um, so we would just run laps around the entire yard, chasing <laughs> each other and creating traps. And my mom caught on to this and didn't want us to make, you know, a mess. Yeah. So she stopped giving when we would ask for water because we were so thirsty. She said would say no because she didn't want us to make mad. Sorry, to make mud. So my cousin Matthew and I started asking for apple juice. <laughs> and we would make mud out of apple juice. Oh, she had a sticky muddy mess <laughs> on top of it. Yeah. yeah and awesome. so she just ended up she ended up giving up and was like, you know what, they're gonna make a mess, they're kids, whatever. Yeah. And so um, you know, that that was probably what I remember most that and our last 4th of July there, I was six years old when she sold that house to move in with my aunt. Mm -hmm. And, um, one of my uncles, my grandma's brother, I mean, he's, he's like the life of the party, right? You think I'm loud and crazy. I'm like, <laughs> no, I have no idea. Um, so we had pretty much my great grandma adopted the other kids in the neighborhood. They would always come to her house and whatnot. They all grew up together. So for the 4th of July, they're all adults by this point. We had a huge like little block party on the street. Mm -hmm. And everyone bought like brought food and fireworks. We had so many fireworks. We couldn't burn through all the boxes. <laughs> we pretty much had our own fireworks show. Awesome. Um, and that was maybe about a week before she moved out of that house. But we all remember the last 4th of July there, you know, our last yeah. big family party. So um, luckily we have my uncle had VHS of all of this and was able to transfer it all to like DVDs and whatnot. So we still have videos of that day, which is pretty cool. That's awesome. I love stories like that. I just love like reflecting on past events. You know, there's like certain things that just spark these memories. My, my wife's family uh, was in town recently and I was talking with her father and we were just talking. It's just funny, like the little things that uh, it could be just the smallest thing, like a, a, I don't know, a bread tie could like spark a memory of like something, yeah. that, you know, it's just so funny. And I love, I love thinking back on, on like family and, and memories and things that remind you of just good times, you know, and, or bad times that are now funny, you know, like the, those are always it's, good ones. Yes. Too, but. <laughs> those are always the, for whatever reason, those <laughs> turn out to be some of the best times. Right? Yeah. 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 I love that. Thank you so much for sharing those stories. That's great. Were you, um, yeah. were you raised bilingual? I was. Um, so, um, my dad was born in Mexico. Okay. Um, he came to the U.S. I think maybe about a teen, preteen. Okay. Um, my mom was born here in L.A. Um, nice. But grew up in you know a Spanish household. Yeah. Um, and so they both agreed that I was going to learn English once I got into preschool. Okay. So um, they 
raised me in a Spanish home so that I would have both languages, which yeah. I am so thankful for now. Yeah, absolutely. Um, because I, I can read, write, fully understand and comprehend um, Spanish as well. So That's it's so cool. definitely um, helped me at work too. Yeah. I typically, yeah, so it, it helps a lot. That's so cool. I love that. Do I mean, this is another one like you don't know any different, but like now you kind of mentioned it, you know, like you're very grateful, but um, work. Are there other times that you like recognize this or like you think back and like appreciate that and like um, or notice the like different ways that 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 was a little bit different than maybe other people? As far as being bilingual. Yeah. That experience just being raised in like a Spanish home with you know, both languages going on. Did, did your parents speak mostly Spanish around you or did was it like back and forth? Um, when I was first learning to speak, it was only Spanish. Yeah, okay. So I did not start speaking English at home until I was about three or four, which is when I started preschool. Um, and so that's when my mom like started teaching me the alphabet and oh, okay. English and numbers and yeah. English and whatnot. But she would always say it in both English and Spanish mm. so that I would recognize what they that's were so cool. in both languages. Yeah. Um, which is pretty awesome. But what I'm most thankful for on that end, and you know, this goes back to my great grandma is just having a good sense of that culture mm. of what my grandparents grew up with. Yeah. Um, and also, I mean, my grandma, my mom's mom, who grew up in Mexico till she was about maybe 15 years old is when she came to the U.S. Um, she speaks English fluently now. Um, but it's really nice to be able to communicate with her in Spanish. Yeah. And especially with my great grandma, um, she never learned English. She only spoke Spanish. And I'm very grateful that we can we were all able to communicate with her up until, you know, she passed um, just because I don't know it. It's, it was nice to be able to have conversations with her or to know her stories from Mm. her directly and be able to understand it without needing it to be translated. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Well, and, and things get lost in translation. So you get the, you get, you get the full like essence of the story and what she's saying. And that's awesome. Yeah. That's beautiful. Uh, what are, what were some of your interests growing up? Did you, was there, you know, were you interested in athletics and music, any like nature movies? I don't know. Like, do you had like things that you remember enjoying and, and taking part in? I actually grew up dancing. So I did ballet, tap, jazz, um, so my mom put me in ballet at three years old, and I did that all through high school up until I left for Invisible Children. Oh, wow. So after high school, um, I was teaching. So I would um, teach pretty much every day of the week, and then I left for Invisible Children. And when I came back home after my time there, I um, taught for about another, I want to say maybe two years. Um, so it, it's been now maybe about seven years since I taught, but I did, um, I, that was a big part of my life. So I did that, um, growing up in high school, I did mm-hmm. cheerleading. Um, so I was 
I was all over the place. I was in. Sure. So this is funny. So I'm from a super small town in California, okay. right? Yeah. So the next closest city is Bakersfield. Okay. So I'm about 45 minutes north of that is my hometown. Oh, okay. And um, we had all of those like small town traditions. Yeah. So when I was in high school, we had like the Harvest Holidays, you know, pageant sure, show sure. or Cinco de Mayo queen yep. show. And I did all of those too, yeah. which is, I, I'm, I think it's great. Cause I'm like, yeah, I come from a small town, you know, I'm the 2000, you know, six harvest queen. You're yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. I see. I went to a small, I went from, grew up in a small town as well in Indiana. And so like, okay. I, I can appreciate the small town thing. I, I there's something about, you know, the, there's, plenty of cons but there's a bunch of pros as well of like growing up in a small town um and i think it's like the pride within the city you know like there's pride within that like you even mentioning that like i was this i was that like there's so much pride amongst that and it like it it like fosters just good i don't know just a good character good you know like just drive to like yeah to be better and to to be at your best i don't know i agree and I, I, I've coached, you know, I've been a wrestling coach. Uh, this will be my first year not coaching in the last, like, six years. And, um, but I see, you know, some of these bigger schools that I've, I've coached at and, you know, these, there's just lack of, uh, like, pride within the extracurriculars and just within the, the school in general, you know. And I, and I get it in some ways. It's like the, the negative of being at a big school is that, like, they're not necessarily being like, hey, so-and-so placed third at the North Knox Invitational this weekend. And, you know, yeah. like, they are so-and-so, like, uh, qualified for, you know, such-and-such-and-such-and-such or whatever. You know, the dance person, you know, won this pageant or whatever it was. Like, but those were the things that I, I got to experience. That was the beauty of Monday mornings. You know, you came in and your accolades got told to your peers and it was like, Hey, look what I did this weekend! Like, this and is... everyone loved it. Everyone loved it. Yeah, it was always everyone like, "Hey, nice job!" Cool. You know, like it's funny that you mentioned that. So I'm um, at my mom's this morning, and the first thing she tells me is like um, that one of her students, she's a teacher, and one of the students from her school qualified for cross country regionals and was in Tennessee, uh, yeah, and just won second place. And this is, you know, she's in fourth grade and it's like all the teachers are in this group text getting pictures and talk. And it's just like, oh, my God, like she did it. Someone from like our little town went out to regionals and got second place. It's such a big deal. It's such a big Um, deal. You know, my niece, sorry, she's not my niece. She's my cousin. um, Just went to state cross country finals um, yesterday and there was almost she got like I think it was 300th place or something like that, sure. but there was almost a thousand runners yeah. and we're like, Oh my God, she did so good. Yeah. It's awesome. Uh, so it's those little things that you're right. They do. They go a long way and you're just so proud of it. When someone from your little town does some, you know, has a big accomplishment. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I, my, uh, my wrestling coach's grandson, um, he just, he qualified recently for the, Pan American Games and wrestling, and he got gold in both of these, like the fifteen and under, um, like you know, section or whatever. And uh, he got gold in both. And you know, they they did 
classic, right? Like the police brought the the bus in or like brought him into the, oh, nice. you know, like that kind of thing. Yeah. And like, it was like somebody made a video and his grandpa's like, you know, I'm really, we're really proud of him. They did a whole write up, like the school, like gave him a little like going away thing as he was going to the tournament. And, you know, it's just those things that you don't, you're not going to get those at the big schools. And, and uh, I don't know, it's just, there's something about that that's, it's special and it it like fosters a great environment for those extracurriculars and for success and I love it I I think it's I think it's great it's something I've missed yeah I agree I think it's awesome and congratulations to him that's yeah that's really cool I know shout out to uh (laughs) what's his name I just forgot his name but anyway uh we'll move on (laughs) Uh, (laughs) on that note yeah (laughs) on that note um as you were growing up I know like there were certain things that I always said, you know, like people would always be like, oh, I want to be, you know, a firefighter or a policeman or, you know, uh, I don't know. Did you ever say like what you wanted to be when you grew up? Yeah, I wanted to be a lawyer. Lawyer. That's awesome. Yeah. Um, And it's, I don't know. um, I was a weird kid, but I guess (laughs) it's a good thing. Um, I wanted to be a lawyer and I would tell my mom because I wanted to help other kids Mm. and I wasn't even like in junior high or high school yet saying this. Yeah. Uh, I guess I've always had a soft spot in my, you know, in my heart for, for kids or for people, um, that were in disadvantaged situations. Yeah. Um, so that was always something that, that I wanted to do. Um, but to be honest, as I got older, excuse me. And, and I started, you know, to really understand what the depths of what I would be seeing, mm-hmm. uh, as far as people in these, in these situations. Yeah. Um, I think it would have been a little bit too hard for me to deal with. Yeah. Um, and so that's why I kind of decided that I would be a better, I guess, support as, by donating my time or donating my my money towards initiatives that were helping people in situations. Yeah. Um, so I, I, you know, that's kind of where I now spend time and effort um, is is donating my time and, and my money where and when I can. Yeah. But that's awesome. Like, there's nothing wrong with that at all. That's like, that's the dream, right? Is like having, yeah. you know, people that can take part and and people recognizing when that that's a way that they can contribute and to give back to society and help others. I mean, it's huge. Absolutely. When you look to your like adolescent times, uh, you know, the teenage years, middle school, high school, I know uh, obviously dance was something that was important to you, but what kind of, what kind of student were you? Were you a good student or did you have a lot of friends? Like what was that time period like for you? Um, I definitely was a good student. Um, I had to be. Both my parents were teachers, and mm. I literally could not not be a good student. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but it was it was never the bad kind of pressure. Yeah. Um, I never felt that if I, you know, I would bring home a B or a C, and it was never the end of the world. My mom would just say, hey, study harder and do better next time. Sure. Uh, so it was not um, a bad environment, but there were definitely high expectations when it came to my academics, um, which I love because I was not naturally good at math. Like I was like, I joke now and I'm like, whoever put me in charge of running a club and its finances, <laughs> like, <laughs> but I do a really good job Yeah. Uh, because, you know, 
I, my mom helped me and pushed me to study and be the best that I could. And, Mm -hmm. you know, she was like, Hey, it's okay if you don't bring home an A, as long as you tried your best and you put your best foot forward. Um, I did grow. I actually believe it or not, people find it hard to believe because I'm so outgoing now, but I grew up pretty shy around new people or around big groups of people. Um, I was always a little bit shy at school. I always felt, I guess, intimidated by other students. Mm -hmm. And I had friends. Like, these kids were my friends, but I always felt, I don't know. I I always felt, I guess, like I said, a little intimidated. Mm -hmm. And actually, when my last two years of junior high were the absolute, like, worst, like, junior high experience. Like, when you talk about things, you know, in the movies or whatnot, where a kid is having a bad experience, like, that those were my last two years of junior high. Uh, I was the worst. I'm with you. If we could just take that time period and just like remove it and like move on. (laughs) I think it like helped me become like, it led me to learn how to be a strong person. Sure. Because these, these group of, of kids that I was friends with for so long, like from one day to the next turned on me overnight Mm. don't even know why don't understand it just became like my worst enemies and made it an effort to like make every day at school like absolutely the worst for me to the point where i didn't even want to go to school anymore um however when we graduated and went to high school um because this was at a school in an even smaller town from where i live because my mom taught there um so those kids went to one school because anyone that was from that town went got bused to a certain high school in Delano, which is where I'm from. So because I lived in Delano, I had the option to go to the school across the street from my house. So that's what I opted for. And I remember going into high school and being like, you know what? This is a fresh new start. None of them go to school here. I have friends that I already knew in high school through dance. I was like, this is going to be a completely different experience for mm-hmm. me. And I'm going to show them that exactly. I'm still going to be okay. So I feel like that was my first time that I really had to just rely on myself to overcome a situation like that. Yeah. So I'm actually, even though it really sucked and I, you know, wouldn't want to go through that i'm kind of glad that i did because i feel like it really helped shape my character and pushed me to to really be more social and get out there and i don't know i like i mean i guess it was a good thing it shaped who you are yeah it's a it was like a moment that built some character yeah i uh, going into high school was great for me i was just bullied a lot in middle school and yeah i i loved getting to high school because i was no longer the the like new guy we were all kind of on equal playing field yeah Yeah. it was like everybody got thrown into the deep end and um you know it was like the guys that picked on me had a bigger fish to fry they had they had to worry about other things not me anymore you know and um i was able to you know athletics were something that I enjoyed. I played soccer and I did well and excelled and, you know, kind of found my place there and found my friends group. And, you know, it was, it was the rest is history, but, um, yeah, I don't know. It was, it's been high school is a different story and it was great. <laughs> there we go. Yep. You're right. So you're right. I'm, I'm right there with you. Did you ever get in trouble when you were growing up? Um, 
I mean, regular kid stuff, but not yeah. really major trouble. Sure. I was always too scared to get in trouble. Yeah, I know. I yeah. was, yeah, I remember it was summer school in high school, and these kids that I was friends with were like, hey, we're going to, you know, ditch the last two periods. We're going to, you know, go, they're going to go eat more. Do you want to come with us? And I said no. Yeah. And they're like, oh, come on, like, don't, like. <laughs> You know, don't be scared. Let's just do it. And I was like, you don't understand. I'm like, the second I step foot, I go, you don't understand how many people know my family. And they all work like in the school district or as teachers. I was like, someone is going to see me and they are going to tell my parents and I'm going to be in a lot of trouble. Like, you don't understand who my mom is. I cannot embarrass her like this. They were like, okay, okay. Did you, were you involved in any other like extracurriculars uh, outside of, you know, like dance and cheerleading? Um, That was pretty much it. I did, I was in marching band in in junior high for a little bit. I played the flute. Um, Too bad there wasn't anyone cool like Lizzo back in the day who was playing the flute too. I played the saxophone Um, and then gave that up after my freshman year of high school. I was like, nah, I'm done with that. (laughs) Yeah, I, I knew for a fact. I mean, it was an extracurricular activity but it wasn't something that I was like completely passionate about yeah. uh, and so I knew that you know going into high school it wasn't something that I wanted to to continue doing sure. um but yeah outside of that honestly I took so many dance classes that it was really hard to do anything outside of that yeah. because you know from the moment that I got out of school I was in that dance studio all the way through like 9 p.m. at night. So there was really no extra time to to do anything outside of that. Yep, yep. Yeah, that especially the dance world's like that for yeah. sure. It's just uh, you know, it's it's busy. It's a year round, never never ending, huh? Never ends. Yeah. And I, yeah. I love that I did that though. A lot of like my friends that I still have in my life now, I met through dance. Yeah. Um and it you know, I feel like that really helped shape a lot of like my um, responsibilities as well, because I had the responsibility, you know, I mean, you played sports, you know, that, you know, it's dance is still a team sport when you have a choreography, and there's one person missing, it throws everything off. And you can't do that to to the people that are in your class to your friends. Um, So it definitely helped me learn at a young age that when you, you know, when you decide to do something you have to follow through with it yeah and and it it teaches you responsibility it teaches you so much like just extracurriculars in general whether it's you know band choir your sports team you know dance 4-h whatever it is like your extracurriculars are super important and I think it's kind of sad that you're starting to see some of those go away because they teach you so much like so many life lessons and oh, just like character and responsibility and, um, you know, the team aspects of things. There's just so many, so many different benefits that come from your extracurriculars. And, and I, I think they're important to society. It's just it's it's one way to to build that, those like strengths uh, at a younger age, for sure. Oh, I absolutely agree. And I'm a huge advocate for keeping like the arts and music yeah, in school same. and I think it's so important um, for those exact reasons. Exactly. Exactly. How was your relationship with your parents in like middle school, high school? Um, Really good. My mom and I um, have always been really close. Um, So it it was really good. Um, I'm her only 
kid. So she's, you know, extremely protective of me. Mm -hmm. So it, it got a little bit hard once I got older. And even, you know, once I was out of high school, it got a little bit tough because, you know, you start wanting to do things and, and go out and, you know, venture out into the world. And it's not that she didn't want me to do that. She was just so scared of something happening to me that she wanted, you know, to keep me safe. And I was just like, mom, like you can't keep me locked up in a home forever. (laughs) You're going to have to let me go. I was my Um, mom's only as well. So I understand. You get it. Yeah, I get it. I get it. I get it. They, they just love us so much, but it's funny because we like it's. It, it feels like this. You're pushing them away, but it's really not that. It's just you're trying to find your own way. You exactly. know, and find, like, trying to find yourself, which is tough for anybody, regardless yeah. of whether you're an only child or you know whatnot. Yeah, I agree, and yeah, I mean, I don't blame her for it, and mm-hmm. and I, you know, I understand why she did those things, but you know, I had to sit down with her and be like, look, mom, like exactly what you said. I'm not trying to push you away. Like mm-hmm. I'm not, you know, doing anything bad. I'm just trying <laughs> to, you know, explore the world. You can, you know, yeah. you need to do this. And I always told her, I'm like, would you rather me do this now or, you know, 20 years from now when I'm supposed to be settled down and right. being responsible? Right. She was like, you're right. You're right. <laughs> so we talked it out. Yeah. And, that's... Know, she didn't love it, but yeah. she, you know, was okay with it. But being able to communicate with you and talk to you about that kind of thing, I'm sure was huge. I mean, that's communication is just so important in general. So that's awesome. Yeah. Did what was what was your like next step after high school? Did you go to college? I did for a little bit. So I went to our Cal State here in Bakersfield um, and I did that for about a year. Um, I actually went in to study uh, liberal studies. I was going to be a teacher and then a I went to my first actual liberal studies class my first semester, and I was like, nope, this is not for me. Like, I cannot do this. So I dropped out of the class to give space for someone who actually wanted to be in there. Yeah. Um, so I just took some general education classes my first year, yeah. but that's when I heard about Invisible Children. They okay. had their rescue that April, which mm. um, the rescue is, um, I mean, it was... I'm trying to find the words the best to yeah, explain how because it was kind I did of crazy. A, I did a podcast. <laughs> so your podcast, I'm planning to, to post this. So if you're listening, it's most likely Wednesday, uh, Monday's okay. podcast. So if you're listening Monday, Melanie, she was also talking about, she was a teacher. She was actually someone we put the, uh, did a um, presentation that we went to and I presented at her school. And so that's how I knew Melanie, which is kind of fun, but she talked about, she went to Chicago. She was, uh, with the rescue as well. So we did just talk about that Monday, but the rescue is we were asking like for money and like, uh, influence, right? Like moguls and and people to come and, um, kind of give their voice or, um, you know, raise enough money to basically rescue the city, or this this town, and which was just kind of elevating the the level of awareness for what we were trying to do at Invisible Children at the time. And then it ended up being where people would travel from that one location to the next city until all cities were rescued. I don't remember how many there were, but um, yeah, and it was uh, yeah, there was a lot. It ended up ending in Chicago and uh, in front of Oprah's studio and. Uh, Oprah was the final, the, the queen bee. She, uh, she rescued us completely and, uh, was a, 
amazing event. It was one that I, it like solidified my like feelings for invisible children. Like I had been a part of things with invisible children for, you know, the years prior, but it was the one that was just like, I love this. Like, this is awesome. I felt like such like being a part of something made a huge impact and it just felt so positive and awesome and like influenced me in that direction. Yeah, absolutely. So I actually had just learned about Invisible Children just a couple of months before the rescue. Nice. Um, And so that was my first experience. And when I got there, it was that sense of I need to do something more. Mm. And before being involved in the rescue, I didn't really know who the people behind the scenes were. But when I got there, they were people my age up there kind of leading this initiative and I was like wait well if they can do it like I I have to do it I felt kind of a sense of responsibility to do more yeah and I can't really explain it it was just something inside of me that was like no you have to do more like this is what you have to do and so I I applied to that's when I applied to to be a roadie Mm -hmm. um and that was really my I went to um we had the DC lobby days where we went to yep. to lobby our you know representatives to raise awareness and really speak out on this and you I know that's there. when we started introducing the bills and whatnot yeah uh, and I actually had my my second interview there in DC before nice. the lobby days started and you know from April through August I was fundraising and then come August I I went to Invisible Children so um yeah I went to to you know, I was in college for a year, went and worked at Invisible Children for a year and a half, came back to Bakersfield, started working for 24-hour fitness mm-hmm. um, while I was in school. So I did go back to school for about another year. Yeah. But um, I started getting promoted at work and really yeah. seeing the gym as a career. And I was working full time and it just seemed like I really the right thing to do for me was to, you know, to stop going to school and really focus on, on my career. And I'm so happy that I did because yeah. it's provided so much for me. I think that, you know, today's society and, you know, even when you and I are about the same age, uh, I'll be 32 next week, actually. So Ooh, actually, happy early birthday. actually, if you're listening, it's probably today. It's December 4th. So, um, my mom's is December 3rd. Nice. My dad's is December yeah. 5th, and my cousins are today. So oh, there we go. Happy dis- birthday, everyone. December birthdays are the best. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I, I feel like there's been this pressure to, you know, go to college, and that that's like the, the necessary next step when, in all reality, it's an option. It's a, you know, it's uh, a, I agree. It's, it's not the be all end all. And especially with how expensive it is. And, and, you know, we look at, you know, our generation, for especially people our age are still fighting their student loans and dealing with that. I am, my wife is like, most of the people I know are still paying student loans. And it's just, it's tough. And it's a tough way to start life off, you know, is like, here you go. Here's sixty to a hundred and you know hundred thousand dollars in debt, on, and that's sometimes light. You know, it's like, man, yeah. Like, good luck. Like, ta-da. Help you figure it out. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and and with the hope that that's like your guarantee to get a job after that, but that's not the case. And it's just, it's a, it, it. I think we need to keep 
our options open. Options I, I love that you've yeah. experienced that firsthand that you've, you know, gone into the, the world of, you know, working and finding your way. And, and I think that that's beautiful. And, and there's so many people I know that are in the same situation. And I'm, I'm kind of jealous to be honest, because I have all this debt that I don't really. Well, I like went through like a mid, <laughs> I, I guess it's called a quarter. Yeah. Quarter life crisis. crisis. <laughs> I call it a mid midlife crisis. It just sounds better for me. Yeah. Um, but when I got back from Invisible Children, I was 22. Sure. Yeah, I had just turned 22. So about, you know, halfway through that or right around that time, people were posting about their last semester in school and getting ready for mm. graduation and, you know, Facebook, right? So all of these things are popping up on Facebook that is pretty much telling me, you're not successful because, right. you know, no one was saying that. It was all in my head. Right. Um, but I didn't, you know, because I was just re-enrolling in school. And I went from going to a state university to a junior college. So I was like, oh, my God, what did I do? Like, I just wasted all this time. Like, yeah. I went through it. Like, I really was beating myself up over it. Mm-hmm. And so someone finally stopped me. And they were like, Lithian, do you do realize, in fact, I believe it was, the owner of the dance studio. She's really, I grew up so close. I was like my second mom growing up because I was at the studio pretty mm-hmm. much my entire life. And she stopped me and she was like, snap out of it. She was like, you had this beautiful experience that gave yeah. you, like you came back such a different person in a good way. Yeah. And you had these experiences that other people are not going to have. And that's okay. Yeah. And that was kind of like my aha moment of like, you're right. Like you and I, we experienced something that, you know, not a lot of people are going to get to experience. And I have to stop and be, you know, learn to be grateful for that and and be okay with not being in the same spot as other people, because Mm. it did. You know, that doesn't mean that. I'm a failure and it doesn't mean that other people are not doing or won't get to where they need to be. And that's when I really learned to stop comparing my life to what other people were doing and their Mm. definition of success, because everyone is successful in their own ways, whether it's, you know, starting a family or going to school or not going to school, whatever it is that you're choosing to do with your life, that is your definition of success is what I've learned. I needed to hear that. Thank you. You're welcome. I'm I, glad. Like, it's making me like tear up just like hearing Don't you say cry, that. Don't cry because I'm going to cry. <laughs> no, I, I just, <laughs> man, I, it's a, it's something that I, I'm aware of, you know, but like I, I don't think of myself as successful and and I don't know why, you know, like I'm so grateful for all I have and I have so much, you know, and uh, I have a, my family, uh, my wife and my dog, like they're amazing, right? Like I've, like you said, this experience with Invincible Children and um, I got to experience something that, man, I wish everybody could experience because it, it's too. life-changing, you know, it's, it's, it's so, I don't know, it's, it's, a great time of my life and um it's made me it's helped make me who I am today and it's not that I I don't I don't regret it at all I, I like envy it you know it's great it's this like wonderful time of my life but yeah I don't know I I needed to hear that you know I, I appreciate you saying that because I don't 
necessarily compare myself to other people, but I'm not where I want to be. And I think it's my yeah. own, it's my own, um, image of myself, you know, and, and I, I'm facing it on a few different fronts. You know, my wife is the breadwinner. I, I'm not making money right now. This is, this venture is, uh, something, it's a risk that I'm taking and it's something that I, I'm hope, hopeful for and I'm grateful to have this opportunity and I have all the support from my family, from my wife, from, you know, my friends and like, what, what else do I need? You know, like why, yeah why would I ever want to do anything different than what I'm doing right now? Um, but yeah, I don't know. I just, I have high expectations for myself and I don't know. Sometimes I, I beat myself up and I forget to live in the moment and to relish the times that I have. And that was just a, a reminder for me that I needed to hear. So thank you. I'm glad. And, and you know, and I can understand that. Um, I, I get where you're coming from. So two years ago, um, so after Invisible Children, like I mentioned, I was working for 24 Hour Fitness. Well, mm-hmm. that took me back to San Diego yeah. and I came back to Bakersfield two years ago. But when I did that and I started working for In Shape, I was already a general manager for 24 Hour Fitness in San Diego. Well, just to get my foot in the door, I took a frontline position as a a fitness advisor sure. who is pretty much in, in charge of, you know, enrolling new members, but it was nowhere near management, right? And it was really tough on me because I went from being in management to now being, you know, pretty much two to three steps below that. And, and it was really hard. And yeah, well, plus invisible children, you're given so much, like you're empowered so much. Like you, yes. you're given, you're given opportunities that you'll never have anywhere else. And yeah. you know, it, it's just, you go from that to where you're on top of the world where you're like, I can do anything, you know? Yeah. And that's the environment that is fostered there. Like, what, what do you want to do? Go for it. What do you, what are you afraid yeah. of? Like we, here you go. Here's the opportunity. Go for it. You know, make your, yeah. pave your own, pave your own path and to, sounds like where you went to, you know, management and then to like back to like square one. And it's disheartening sometimes. Yeah. And it is hard. And, and so it's okay to, to, you know, you mentioned you have high expectations of yourself and, and so do I. And, and I think that that's good because that pushes you to do Mm -hmm. what you want to do and be the best at it. Right. Because you're not going to give up until you get there. Yeah. But I learned to not beat myself up because those moments. So I moved up pretty quickly within shape. You know, I was, you know, of course had the experience. I was able to speak to that experience already. And, Mm -hmm. and, uh, you know, three months into being within shape, I got promoted to an assistant and then from there six months later I got promoted to being a general manager again yeah Um, and when I look back at the moments that I was not in management you know I really love those moments because I got to learn this new team for what it is without the pressures and responsibilities of a manager Mm. and I really love that because now you know I can resonate on that or have those experiences to share with my team and I think that that's important as a manager you know you you work with the team and, and it's good to have those those common experiences so that you can you know remember that and and share that with them and help them learn and grow so I I had to learn to, you know, hey, high, high expectations for yourself, but 
don't beat yourself up for yeah. where you're at because where you're at right now is building for what's to come. And, and yeah. I absolutely believe that for no, for anyone, no matter, you know, where you are, you are in life right now, what you're doing right now is preparing you for what's to come next. Yep. You're 100% correct. You're right. And, and like past experiences tell you that as well. You know, like yeah. if you look back and you're like, man, I would have never have done that had I not been in this situation, but look at where I am now because of this, you know? And yeah, it's just, it's, it's, I don't know. I just needed to hear that. That was, that was uh, impactful for me. So yeah, it's, uh, life is, life is one big journey. It's, it's an interesting thing. It, it really is. It's <laughs> really, yeah. it's so cliche, well, but think, it's so true. Like you think you have a handle on it and then it's like, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you thought you yeah. thought you did, yeah. but here, let me throw this at you. And you're like, <laughs> man, okay, yeah. here we go. But what I've learned is every time, even though it may be something different, and it's not to say that it's easy because it never will be. You just come a little bit more prepared each time and you learn that it's not the end of the world and mm-hmm. you're going to get through this. And one thing that I've learned, you know, the I'm in a really good place right now personally. Yeah. But the last two years were really, really tough as far as my personal life goes. Yeah. And it as hard as it was, I just kept reminding myself, like, do the hard work because it's worth it. Mm. And I'm so glad that, you know, I listened to that little voice inside my head because there were times where I was just like, you know what, screw it. Like, I'm just going to not work through it. And it it is what it is. I'm going to let, you know, life figure it out. It's going to, I'm going to figure it out, whatever. And I'm really glad that I, I didn't suppress those, like, feelings of sadness or anger um but also that I didn't hold on to it and I knew that they were teaching me something Mm. because I'm in a much better place now where you know something might be thrown my way and I'm like eh you know it's not really detrimental it might suck but that's okay it's not really going to affect me if I don't let it um so I'm really thankful for that because I mean I don't know. I feel like all those little things or, you know, those curveballs really help you the next time around. For sure. What do you, what motivates you? What What are the things that like keeps you going that, that creates that drive for you? Well, there's a couple of things. <laughs> the first one is I'm extremely competitive. Mm, so likewise. I like to win. <laughs> yes. I just, I like to win. And, um, but I like, to win as a team Mm. and that's the amazing thing about being a manager or being in on the management team yeah is when I win it's because the team won Mm. and I didn't do it alone and I love that um and so what drives me is number one I I want to be the best I want to be number one like that's just the competitive side of me And the second thing that drives me at work is my team. And I want to be the best for them because, you know, they work hard and they, you know, have their own aspirations and I want to do what I can to get them there. Um, You know, through, through development, through whatever it is they may need, I want to give them, you know, they deserve to win too. And they can't win if I don't win. Mm. And so that's what really drives me. And, you know, my, my members, 
I absolutely love them and mm-hmm. I want to give them a good, happy experience every time they come into the gym. The one thing that that I love about the gym is that it's a place where people come to feel better, whether yeah. it's confidence or releasing stress or, you know, you're going through a hard, sad time in your life. The gym is somewhere where you can come and be greeted by someone who truly cares about you and then release whatever it is you're feeling during your workout. Mm. And that's what has kept me in the gym because I didn't see this as a career when I first started. I was just working part-time at the front desk, welcoming people in while I went to school. And it's turned into the best thing that I could have walked into unexpectedly. Um, And so just the overall experience of of what our people get is what really drives me outside of work. Um, You know, I'm I'm single, I'm unmarried, so I don't have a family that's driving me. really what's driving me is is my own personal success i want to be successful for me um but i also you know i my mom has given me a lot my grandma has you know given me a lot and so i want to start doing more for them you know i Mm -hmm. i want to get to a place where i'm like hey mom pack your bags we're going on vacation you don't have to worry about it i you know until I have a family of my own, I I really want to be able to get to a place where I can do that. You know, my grandma hasn't really had the opportunity to travel much. You know, we mm-hmm. she did not grow up with very, she grew up with very little money. And so I want, you know, to be able to give her those experiences of being able to go out there and, and see things that she always wanted to, but didn't think she'd have the opportunity to see. So now I'm going to get emotional. Mm -hmm. (laughs) I love it. So um, that's what's really, and I'm the oldest um, out of all my cousins on my mom's side. And so we're all really close and I want them to have a good role model of, you know, whether you go to school or you don't go to school, if sorry, I'm sitting in my car and someone washing his truck in front of me just stepped <laughs> into the bucket. <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> he jumped off of his truck and his foot went right into the water bucket. It was pretty it's like funny. straight out of a cartoon. <laughs> um, but um, like I was saying, I want to be a good example for my cousins. Yeah. Um, you know, whether you go to school or you don't, you can have the life that you want if you work really hard at it. Mm, absolutely. On the yeah. on that note, what what would you say you're most proud of today? Whew. I know, that's a tough one. That's a tough one. I would say I would say my resilience. Um, mm. you know, we've talked a lot about my family and and how lucky I've been. But, Mm -hmm. you know, like I mentioned in the beginning, it it doesn't come without hardships. And yeah, and there's there have been a lot of things that could have definite, you know, that did knock me down and could have kept me down. Um, So I I would say I'm really proud of of not giving up because it would have been really easy to. Mm -hmm. Yeah, good for you. That's awesome. Thank you. What 
would yeah. you say you're looking forward to most in the future? I know you kind of touched on this with, you know, traveling and taking care of your mom and your family and your grandma and, and whatnot, but are there other things? Are there anything else? Like, what are some of the goals and ambitions that you have? Um, well, as far as goals, um, taking on this, this new location that I start at tomorrow, yeah. it's a, it's a bigger location that than where I was. Um, and so I know that it's going to come with, with more responsibility. There are going to be more eyes on me, right. To make yeah. sure that, that I'm, I drive this location to be successful, but I love that. I love having people watching because it drives me to be my best. So, uh, goal wise or career wise, it's, you know, it's going to be to come into this new location and, and really do the best that I can and, and, you know, move my career forward, whether it means going to a different location or even moving into a different position outside of being a general manager. Um, That's my goal there. But personally, um, I want to be a homeowner. And I've Mm. never wanted that until recently. And I'm like, oh, my God, does this mean I'm finally growing up (laughs) at like almost 31? Yeah, there you go. You're you're Um, reaching that edge, I guess. I guess so. I don't know where I want to live. Um, I know it's in California. I never want, you know, I've never lived out of California and I don't see myself moving out of California. It's a great place. Uh, I love, yeah, I absolutely love it here. Um, But uh, my next goal, you know, what's really pushing me to, to be successful and, and keep that drive is, is that, that dream of, you know, having my, my own home that I can call Mm -hmm. mine and, and make it my own and, um, so yeah, that's, that's what I'm looking forward to. Good for you. That's awesome. Do you ever think about your legacy? Um, like when you look back on your life, how do you want to be remembered or? So one of the things that I admired most about my great grandma mm-hmm. was just her love of life. Yeah. And even though she had her hardships, she never really let this world harden her. Mm. She she always led with love. Yeah. I do not remember her ever being mad at anyone, and I'm sure she was. Mm-hmm. But she never held anything against anyone and all you ever felt from her was joy and happiness and love. Like I don't I don't know how to describe it outside of that. And yeah. so one thing that, that I want to take from from that and, and really make it my own is to not hold grudges. And it doesn't mean that I will allow toxic people mm. or relationships in my life. Yeah. But I don't want to have someone feel like I resent them. Mm. or that I'm holding a grudge against them yeah. um, because nobody likes that, Yeah. right? I know I wouldn't like that, and I'm sure that, you know, there are some people that feel the same about me, and yeah. that's okay. Yep. Um, so I, I really want to to live a life of gratitude and and just, I guess, grace and forgiveness and not like I said, hold anything against anyone or make anyone feel like I am holding something against them or that I've never really have forgiven them. Yeah. Because you can say you forgive someone, 
but your actions speak louder than words. Mm -hmm. And that's something that I've learned. And so that's something that if I could leave a lesson for anyone, you know, my family members, if they could remember me in any way, it would be in that same way where, you know what, she had things happen, but she never, you know, she never stayed angry. You know, we never saw her mad. She loved life. And, And I, I've learned from, my grandma that there is no greater gift in this world than that. Yeah. That's so awesome. Man, I'm getting emotional at the end of this one. <laughs> I'm like, Ugh. like all of this is so great. Um, as we kind of wrap things up here, I have one last question for you. Okay. Looking back, what advice would you tell little Litiana? Litian. I messed it up. <laughs> Dang it, I had it. I was like, had you it. You had it. It's had okay. It. Um, I would tell me that as much as you hear that it gets better and that everything is teaching you a lesson to believe that and mm. that it applies to you as well. Um. And that it's going to be okay. Mm. Man. And so, Love that. you know, I think it's important to to share not, you know, not just the good. Because most people can be like, oh, well, you've never really had anything in your life happen. But when I talk about that, like, you know, at a, an extremely young age, I was taken advantage of mm-hmm. by by a cousin um, you know, when they say it's always someone that you're close to, yeah, you know, it's a hundred percent true. Um, and so I had that happen. And when I got a little bit older, um, you know, I was already back from invisible children, but, um, I had a couple different people do the same mm. and it just, so it sorry. sucked because it was, it was something where I knew it wasn't my fault, but because it happened more than once, you start questioning like, well, what did I do to lead this to happening? Mm-hmm. Right. Cause if it happens once it sucks, yeah. but when it happens more than once, it's like, man, like what, you know, am I really also like, how is it that I'm that vulnerable of a person yeah. that this has happened more than once? Yeah. And, you know, I'm a huge advocate for therapy. I was in therapy as a little girl. My mom, you know, when once I told her, um, you know, she took me to, to, to talk to someone, which really helped. I'm so grateful for that. And I'm so grateful that she just didn't brush it under the rug or, or try to pretend that it didn't happen. Right. Mm-hmm. Uh, but in the last two years, I've been going to a therapist once a week. And I originally went because I was going through like the worst heartbreak ever. I was going through what I thought was the worst breakup of my, I mean, it was the worst breakup, right? Yeah. And that's why I started going to, to see her. But as time went on, all these other little things started popping up that I've never really worked through and that I was just suppressing, right? Like I mm-hmm. thought I worked through it. I thought I was okay, but really I wasn't because I never really went to seek that outlet or worked through it completely. And so I would just tell 
even Letheon eight years ago, you know, it's okay. You didn't do anything wrong. You know, yeah. sometimes people just really suck and it does get better. Mm. Um, and so that's, you know, I, I tell myself that whenever something happens, it's, hey, you've been through worse and it gets it. You're going to be okay. You yeah. are going to be okay. Yeah. Man, I'm really sorry that that's happened to you. That sucks. But I can tell that you are such a strong woman and you should be proud of yourself. You're doing great things. Thank you. You're doing a great job. Keep it up. Thank you. Anything you want to leave us with as we go? Plug Um, away. Plug your your gym. Plug your social media. Plug whatever you want. Say whatever you want. Here's your time. This is your moment. This is my time, right? This is the <laughs> moment. Well, first of all, thank you so much. Um, Absolutely. When I when I got your message, I I, you know, it, it meant a lot for for you to reach out. So thank you. Of course. Uh, you know, one thing that I would like to say, like you, you're having different people come on the show and share their stories, mm-hmm. and myself included, but. Anyone and everyone can and should share their stories. Mm -hmm. Uh, You know, we, like I mentioned earlier, we talk so much about people's successes or the good in their lives. Um, And that's what people are inclined to talk about. Look at what I did. Look at my success, right? But we try to hide the hardships that we had. And most times it's because we're not not even so much scared to admit them or maybe we feel embarrassed to share them or like people are going to think differently of us but one thing that i've learned is that if people think different of you it's only in a positive way Mm. and because we share you know one thing we learned at invisible children is that those moments of vulnerability help create connections help create trust and respect and i wholeheartedly believe that because i've seen it happen Mm -hmm. um so i even practice that at work you know i am vulnerable with my team yeah um you know i let them know i'm human you know i may be your manager but i'm going to make mistakes and it's okay to call me out yeah and i will work to be better um so share your stories um you know talk about it friends family at work wherever it is if even if you think it's not going to make an impact, I promise you it will. And sometimes you don't even know that it makes an impact on somebody's life until four, five, ten years later when you hear about it and you're like, I, I never even knew that that one specific thing would help someone. Yeah. Uh, so please share your stories. But as far as a plug, I mean, if you want to follow me on Instagram, I'm not that cool, but <laughs> my... My handle is just my name, Lithian, L-Y-T-I-A-N. Most people ask where my name is from. It is not a Hispanic name. The only origin I know is that my dad's youngest sister heard it in a dream. My parents liked it, and that's what they named me. That's beautiful. Uh, that's awesome. <laughs> so that's my name. Um, but as far as work, um, my my club, my company's name is In Shape. We're doing amazing things. Like I mentioned, um, it's a people-first company. We're all about the experience and community and giving giving our members the best that we can. Um, so if you want to follow In Shape, you can definitely do so. Um, but yeah, I mean, other than that, get out there, do good in your community. Mm. Um, 
You know, if, if you do one solid thing, someone else is watching and, and they're going to go out and do a solid thing as well. And, um, you know, even if, if you don't think it's that big of a deal, it definitely is because when we put it all together, it makes a big difference. So, um, you know, don't, don't be shy about doing that. That's awesome. You're amazing. Let's close it out no, right there. you're amazing. <laughs> Thank you so <laughs> much, Lithian. I really appreciate you coming on the show and sharing your story. It's amazing. It's beautiful. And I'm feeling inspired and and ready to go take on the world just by listening to you. So thank you so much. Thank you for for letting me come on here and share. And I'm really excited um, to to start listening to, to your podcast and hearing all these other amazing stories. So thank you for doing this. Absolutely. Thank you all for listening. Thank you so much. Uh, please visit Facebook and Instagram. Where you can like and comment on our posts. If you want to go above and beyond, please share the Crazy Face Uno podcast with your friends and family or just random strangers on the street. We're welcome to everyone. Once again, please visit crazyfaceuno.com to purchase our merchandise and donate. Contributions help us share more stories like Lithian's and stories just like yours. Thank you again for listening. We love you all. Peace!